time. It's time. So get your popcorn ready. It will be political. Political. It will be biblical. Biblical. We must stay vigilant. We must remain watchful. So sit back and put your feet up because you're about to learn to discern the truth. Welcome to the Watchmen. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Watchmen Podcast. My name is Casey. It's so good to be back with you guys today. Today is September 14th, 2023. I have Anne Latour back on with us again today. I appreciate her coming back on. We already did one episode together. If you guys missed it and you're watching this one, go back and watch it. Um, But before we get started, we got a lot of interesting things to talk about. Before we get started, I just want to remind everybody to like and subscribe. Uh, Click the follow button on Rumble, as well as anywhere that you want to find me, on Twitter or Instagram, um, as well as all Anne's information will be below as well. But I want to have her talk about her ministry and what she does, um, at, before, even though I'm going to put all that information down there. Uh, and if you want to support the podcast or if you want to support Anne and her ministry in any way, it'll also be down below. I say it all the time. I'm so grateful for those of you that have supported me through this time that I'm going through. I I'm, I just greatly appreciate it. And I'm so thankful for it because it's helping me and it's helping my family you know, going through this tough time and this court battle that we're having to go through. And I believe with all my heart, you know, the best is yet to come with this thing. And I do know that God's moving on my behalf. I mean, I, I know that I know that I know it. Um, but anyway, so without further ado, Anne, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing wonderful. How about you? Wonderful as well. So tell us a little bit, Anne, about who you are and tell them a little bit about your ministry and where they can find you and support you and or join your Zoom groups that you have. Uh, let's see. Okay. I, yes, I do have a ministry called the advocates of heaven. And, uh, first it was, we started off about courts of heaven and that's really what the ministry was about was taking cases and courts, individuals to, to the throne room of God, to the court of heaven, to break off whatever was going on person's life. And then, uh, about coming up on about two years now, the Lord started to tell me, and you got to teach them to do this on their own. Otherwise it's just programming. When we sit with people and then they do the deliverance on us, it's just programming. It's programming that gets reinforced until we actually deal with it. So then I started the ministry of basically we use courts of heaven, but we also use the, um, deliverance of the soul. So it really is delivering our mind, there's that scripture of renew your mind. Right. And we're like, we go through deliverance and we're trying to renew our mind and we're still hitting our head against the wall going, well, I'm trying to. So that's where the Lord showed me. This is the soul. This is our mind, our will and emotions. You can kick out the demons all day long, but until you take that part of your soul, that's holding on to the legal right and that trauma from our childhood, it will never go. So that's what the ministry basically is about. Uh, We teach how to do it on your own. We teach how people to hear, see, sense, smell um, in the heavenlies, in the spiritual realm, but that's between them and God. And the only reason that blocks us from those spiritual senses um, is our soul, because our soul is the only part of our, our tribe, heart, body of the body, soul, and spirit is the soul. So the soul is the only part that has free will. So that's what we do in the, um, in the ministry. And I do run group deliverances, um, every week, <laughs> all different kinds of group deliverances of the soul. And tell them you're an author as well. 
Oh, yes. <laughs> so I'm an author. My first book was Bali Girl. And I wrote that back in 2000, or it was published in 2013. And I am in the process of uh, publishing several more books right now. I have courses um, on my ministry website, but some of those courses will go into book format and uh, planning on several different languages just to start. <laughs> That's awesome. I didn't know about that part, but tell, tell them a little, just one thing, because it wasn't long ago. I seen you, you were on your, um, when you went into a conference recently and you were able to put, go play golf again. And the doctors had told you that you would never be able to do that or never swing a club. Is that right? Yes, that was so exciting. So yeah, I was told after my, um, because you're an athlete, you're athletic, you ran track, right? I ran track downhill skiing. Um, I raced, um, and yeah, then I learned golf when I got into the corporate world and I played pretty well, um, decently for a woman, you know, with men, with the corporate businessmen. And, um, after my, after I broke my back in 2013, I was told that because it was the thoracic, thoracic, uh, 10 vertebrae that it basically is where all of you know, all of your torque when you're, yeah, I mean, you, you play golf, so, you know, so your whole entire torque comes through that mid, your mid back. And that's where it blew. That's where I have titanium. And uh, the doctor said, well, you just have to learn a different way of swinging the club. And I was at a conference, I was staying at a golf resort. And I thought, I'm going to go out and hit some balls. And I asked the Lord and the Lord said, yes, do it. So I, I went, got some balls and everything. And they gave me some clubs and they were super excited for me being 10 years. It had been 10 years since I had hit anything. The ball went straighter <laughs> than it's ever been. Like I was shocked. I mean, I, the first three straight and far, like I just, I was, it was so awesome. It was, it was really exciting. Yeah. Praise God. Glory to God. All so it's, <clears throat> yeah. So it is a testimony. So that's awesome. So, and now, since the last time Ann has been on, she had a trip that she did. You know, I, I was after, I think a little bit after my court case was uh, was over and we were, I was back home and I'd reached out and I was like telling her I wanted to have her back on again. And she goes, well, it's going to have to wait because I've got, I've got a trip that I'm going to do. So one of the reasons I want Ann to come on today is because I want her to tell you guys a little bit about the trip. So if you don't mind, before we go into it, Ann, could you just discuss a little bit about why you went or what the Lord spoke to you and why to go? Yeah. Um, he actually started speaking to me. I think it was right before you went to, uh, to DC for your trial. He was telling me to go to the top of, go to Colorado in Colorado Springs and go to the top of Pikes Peak and make declarations off the top of the mountain there. And so I went there and when I was in uh, Colorado, I felt like the Lord was saying, DC is going to be your next trip. And I started looking at flights, thinking I was just going to fly from Colorado to DC. And the Lord said, no, wait. So I went home and I was home for like probably about a month or so. And then I just started feeling it. I was still, I was writing um, a course that I just released on my, on my website for the um, ministry called Kingdom Authority and Inheritance. And it was about the church. It was about what the the counterfeit government has done to destroy with inside the church and and all of that so as i finished up the course the lord said uh you're going to go now and make these declarations you've 
you've within the course there's deliverances and from religion and from Catholicism and all of that. So when I was done and I did the deliverances myself, the Lord said, now I want you to go make those declarations at all these locations. So first it was, I knew off the top of my head, it was going to be Washington, DC and then city of London, which represents um, the financial aspect of the Illuminati. I don't want to call them Illuminati because they it's their counterfeit anyways there there is no light in them there's no light and you know as we can see when we see people too there's there are counterfeit light bearers and if we have discernment we see that but there's no so like we'll just say these evil doers i think that's the best way to call them. so these evil doers have like overcome the financial system stolen from all of us and our inheritance but they've also worked with the church which um, actually the top of the church would be the Catholic church, which would be Vatican city. So that was at the top of my, on my list that I knew the Lord was going to have me go those places. And then I'll tell you about later, my final place as I was there in Europe where the Lord told me to go, but yeah, it was, it was awesome. Okay. So take us through first thing you did was go to DC, correct? So take us through a little bit of what you did exactly when you went there. Yeah. Um, so it was real quick. I knew I was going to be in DC for, I think it was like less than 24. Uh, it might've been about 36 hours. It, it wasn't very long. Flew in and uh, knew I was going to be going over all of the strategic locations in DC where, uh, I mean, every monument, every location, the Freemason building, all of it, that I was going to be going and making these declarations. Basically, a lot too is when we are in Christ and Christ is in us, we have the, we carry the frequency of Christ. And the more and more that we fill ourselves with Christ and get rid of the lies that we've been programmed to believe when we are children, the more light, the more frequency our soul can carry, the frequency of heaven, the real heaven, not the counterfeit heaven. So when I go to these places, I'm releasing a frequency that cannot be, I mean, it's there. There's nothing that can stop that frequency. There's nothing that can change it. Cause it, you know, is it John one five that says where there is light, there cannot be any darkness. Darkness, right? So it's like, when I go to these places, it's like, I'm leaving behind a trail. So I knew I needed to go to these locations. So that was really cool. I got there. Um, and then it's really cool to kind of, I don't know if you went there during to like the Washington mall and all that at night. Mm -hmm. Did you get a chance to go out there at night? <clears throat> yes. So it was cool. I did a walk. I have a friend who works in, um, in the Capitol building. I won't, I won't say his name or anything. Um, I still got to tell you off, off camera about that. Oh, okay. But uh, so yeah, I have a friend that works uh, there and I met up with him and we walked all of the different locations. And uh, that was pretty, that was pretty cool because that was my plan for the following day before I flew out to the city of London. So the next day uh, he, or that night before, uh, before heading back to my hotel, he said, well, why don't you come over to the Capitol building tomorrow and, um, you know, check out the Capitol building. And I thought, this is only God right now. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I had been there before, uh, but this was like the second invite that he had said to come in into the building. And because he works there, 
you get like basically all the, you know, the back end, you get to see everything that people have access to um, that work there, especially how high up he is. So um, we, the next day I went and um, before going inside the Capitol building, I stood outside and I prayed the Lord. One of the strategic things that the Lord would have me do is he's like, I want you to do, do a prayer on behalf of everybody. So as you're at these locations, you're going to come to the court, court of heaven, that's God's throne, the only living God. <laughs> so I'm just going to make that clear to all those people, because I know there's a courts of hell there. There is that. So I, I did a case on behalf of everybody. And then the most important thing where I'm seeing breakthrough in all deliverances and in, in everything regional and personal is when we rescue the soul fragments. So, and, the, and people can watch my videos for that, but you know, when we go through trauma, our soul splits and it gets stuck in that location or a region of captivity. And then it's bought, sold and traded by the kingdom of darkness. Cause that's energy and that's money. So, um, I did a case on behalf of everybody. Cause now we're dealing with right. All of the ownership claims that Washington DC, that the quote unquote federal government and that all these people have over our souls, just by being born into the system system being, you know, the social security numbers, so they have ownership over us. Did you look like you had a question? No, I was just going to add birth certificates, all that stuff. No. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. So I did a prayer to release everybody from that there. Um, and then um, I went inside and I met up with him and we he showed me all the different things that he showed me before. And we just happened to be... Um, I guess I should be careful about what I say. <laughs> we just have to be, we just happened to be in a location there in the Capitol building that I was able to make some very powerful declarations from the prayer I had done outside. And that's important for any of those that's like listening right now. And they're thinking, well, how do I do this on my own? You don't have to like, you don't have to, you don't even have to read a book. <laughs> you don't, you just have to know, you have to have faith. That's the most important thing is we have to have faith to believe that what we're saying, what we're praying and what we're doing is going to happen. That's like the most important thing. So the, I just, I presented my case, you know, and, and the case really for me when I present cases is that nobody, I believe nobody has had free will, period. There's no free will. We haven't had free will. We've been, even those in countries, Muslim countries, they've never had free will to choose who Jesus is because they've been programmed differently. So I presented a case on behalf of everybody because of this counterfeit free will, because of what's been stolen from us. And then um, the most important thing is to make the declarations. And I just so happened to be in a very strategic place in the Capitol building to make the declarations. And um, it's like I felt, a shift. And I even got some messages from some of my students in the ministry. They didn't know where I, I had been that day, but um, it, it definitely, there was a shift when I made those declarations. That's awesome. So from there, you went back to your hotel and then you flew out to London was your first stop, correct? Overseas. Tell yes. us a little bit about what you did when you went to London. So prior to going to London, which again, all of this, when the Lord said go, I had three days. So I booked my Washington DC flight three days prior to going. 
And then uh, at that same time, I, I booked my uh, trip to London and the Lord said, stay in the city of London. And when I looked up the city of London, I'm like, this is just the financial district. Like there's going to be nothing there, but what it was so strategic about it. And I have a friend uh, through social media that I've been connecting with who lives there. And she even said it, she was like, why are you going to stay in the city of London? There's nothing there. And I knew I was going to pray over the city of London. Um, that's all I knew about city of London. A lot of this was just faith. The Lord said, go. And I did. And it's like, he put all of the pieces and the strategy, um, as I went, as I walked in faith. So I happened to choose a hotel that was right across from black rock and my room actually, uh, my room faced the employee entrance. Wow. of BlackRock. So when I first, uh, when I first checked in in the evening, I was watching people kind of come, come in and out. And I'm thinking, what is that place? No signs, right? The whole building's kind of black and there's some construction going on to the left. The, I think the left of it. And, um, and I'm like, and there are security guards standing out and I'm like, what is it? There must be some significance. Although I'm thinking this is banking, financial, city of London. There's obviously going to be security guards everywhere, but I, I thought there must be something to this building. So the next morning I went down and had my cappuccino, which I just enjoy when I'm in Europe because they don't have plastic in the coffee there. <laughs> yeah. So I was sitting there and I asked, I said, what, what is that building right there? And they said, Oh, that's black rock. And then I thought, you know what? I don't even know where I'm at. Cause I, I really, I had no time to choose. All I did is I let American express choose for me, which I found out American express is actually owned by the Rothschilds and the bank of England. <laughs> I did not know that, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to take advantage of all my points. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sitting there and you know, like in your maps, you can just like open up where you are, your location. And then you just kind of like zoom in to see where you're at. So I zoom in and I'm like, oh my gosh. My building, because like in Europe, the buildings are basically an entire block. You know, they're all connected. There's maybe some little like underway passages, but they're still all one building. So I'm looking at this block of a building and it's Bank of England. So oh. my hotel was in the same building as the Bank of England. And I'm like, okay, this is not a coincidence. This is totally not a coincidence. So I got up and I was just, I walked around that block. I walked around some other blocks. I just let Holy Spirit lead me. And while I was walking through the city is when I was doing my case on behalf of humanity, on behalf of the sons of God. And when I said the sons of God, it's, you know, Christ redeemed us. And when he says that you are the sons of God, not mm -hmm. the fallen angel sons, right, so right. get all religious about that. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah, they do. You're right. You know, so we don't give them any, you know, uh, reason to send you some hate messages or me any hate messages. God bless all of them. We love them. But <laughs> <laughs> so I just like walked around and I did a case on behalf of all of us. And I said, Lord, they've been stealing. They've been stealing from us. We are the ones that have the inheritance. We are the ones that have the generational wealth. We have it because King Jesus died for us to have it. We're not supposed to wait. We're supposed to have it now. Mm -hmm. So we're not supposed to even be toiling for our, our money because right. Christ redeemed us from that too. 
So I did a case walking around the streets doing that. And then um, I think maybe I went back maybe eight and then I went and walked the streets and made declarations. And then um, I'm trying to think some significant things. Every bank that you can imagine is there. Like every international bank, every bank, it's it's like um I it's it's like a quarter of the financial district in Manhattan. Like it's not even you can't even really compare it. It's just size-wise, it, you're meaning size-wise of, of London? Actually, size-wise, City of London might be smaller than Manhattan. But they've really like, like, uh, mushed it in together. Um, it, yeah, I don't know about size. It'd be interesting because I do know that the city of London, so city, there is, I have to look that up, but there is something significant to the, uh, the miles of the mm -hmm. city of London, like mm -hmm. how many miles in the square, basically the square of it, of city of London. But the interesting thing with city of London is it's just like, um Vatican City as well as DC where it is its own country state its own nation state right that's right internationally they, their, they don't they're not owned by anybody <clears throat> it's a district instead of a part of something like DC is a district of Columbia not a state they have their they have their own corporation so yeah DC right. has their own corporation right. city of London has its own corporation and if you really go back deep, um, City of London supposedly went bankrupt and then the Rothschilds came in to um, save them. So um, City of London is basically owned by the Bank of England. Um, and they there in London, they'll call it the crown. So, and even the crown and the royal family basically bows down to the city of London. So mm. if you were to like, say there was a ranking there between uh, like, uh, you know, the royal family and the Rothschilds or the royal family and city of London or the royal family, I think is basically in Westminster. So if you're talking about like Westminster and city of London, city of London is higher on the mm -hmm. hierarchy than it is the royal family and Westminster. So um, that was really cool too, because then the next day, the Lord had me go and um, pray and make declarations over in Westminster because I had watched or when I went to bed, right before I went to bed that night, I pulled up the internet and immediately popped on was a... Um, was like an ad or not really an ad publication that the church was being sued. So the church of England was being sued by the, um, by like the parents of the local schools because the church wasn't standing up against the LGBTQ agenda. So the parents were upset and the church said, Nope, we're, you know, we, we got to move with the times basically. So that, that got a fire under me. And I was like, okay, okay, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what you really think. So the next day I, I called up my friend. I said, Hey, meet me down in Westminster. And thankfully she wasn't working and she lived like a 45 minute train ride. So she was like, okay. So we just plowed through it and we went to Westminster Abbey, which happened to be the church of England, which I didn't know. 
but that's what they call it. The Church of England is the mm -hmm. Westminster Abbey. Okay. And so then from there, you had one last stop and that was the Vatican. Yeah. Tell, tell everybody about this. Now, Anne's told me about some of the artwork that she saw there, but I want her to, in her words, tell you guys um, so you can hear what, what actually is there and what it's like even being there and the feeling that you had just of being there. Mm, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, it was, I flew into Rome and the very next day I got into Rome that evening, it was like the very next day I wanted to be there because I, I didn't want to be in Rome any longer than I, than I had to. And for those that don't know, Rome, the city of like Rome itself, like where all the tourists stay is about 20 minutes from Vatican city. And Vatican city is again, its own nation state. That's it's right. its own corporation. It's its own entity. So you can't stay really in Vatican city. One thing I was just going to pause there. Doesn't Vatican city have a wall around it? Uh, the, the church does. That's the church part so, of it. Yeah. So yeah, the church does, but Vatican city, I, I could be wrong. There is a wall, but I believe the wall is just for the church because even where we checked in to get the tickets to go inside, I believe that was still considered Vatican city. And mm. that was right outside the wall. Okay. But there is a really high wall. It remind it's like a wall very similar to there's a wall in Taiwan mm -hmm. around the whole entire island. It's like that wall. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So go ahead and continue that you say so you went there. So I uh, went there right away and um, I decided like not to do a tour. I'm like, I'm going to do this. Holy Spirit led. I'm going to let Holy Spirit. I had been there one time before, like five years prior. So I thought, oh, I'll, I'll know where everything is. I really had to rely on Holy Spirit because that place is huge. <laughs> right. So um, yeah, immediately um, you could just feel like the frequencies were dark um the energy was mixed so you have all these people speaking all different languages and uh kids and adults and families and you know they're all excited to be there and ignorance <laughs> like that really is how i can say it is like the ignorance frequency just this frequency of just because they're there like they're excited and i can't knock it because I did the same thing when I was back there the first time I went, I had, mm. I had no idea. I had no idea what I was being trapped in, but um, the frequency there was quite different. Um, actually, I'll just real quickly, DC's frequency was like evil. <laughs> it's mm. just a dark. Oppressive. Head. It's a really oppressive yeah. feeling. Yes. Yes, Exactly. Then city of London's frequency was high energy, super high energy. Um, I did not sleep much there. It's not like I was tired. I, I wasn't tired, but I think because I was spending so much time with the Lord too, I wasn't tired, but mm -hmm. it was very high frequency in the city of London. And then, yeah, then it's like, I get to Rome, I get over to the Vatican city and it was a mixed frequency of, um, What's the best word for it? It would be, I don't want to say ignorance. Um, oh, religion. Mm -hmm. 
that's ignorance so it fits together (laughs) as soon as i said that i thought oh yeah (laughs) yes it was a frequency of just religious spirits that whole religious mindset Mm. um because even people that went there even if they weren't catholic they were of other religions you know and they just wanted to be there had to be there so um it was a weird and creepy because then you start walking through and you see all of the um you see all of the different I'll call them idols it's statues you know of stone or marble or whatever they have of them but it is crazy how any catholic and god bless you catholics that are listening right now I know you love Jesus but you really need to look into your religion there is so much idolatry there mm-hmm. that it's 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 sickening. Um, first, it's like I get through the first hall I went into, and like I said, I wasn't on like an official tour, so but I had like passes to get everywhere I needed to go. So I just was like, okay, I'm out in the yard, and I have a video on my YouTube that has pictures and stuff, but like there was a globe which is just completely creepy. And then I went from the globe to a hall and in the hall, they had statues of different individuals and a lot of it's in Latin and, you know, another language. So I don't know who these people are, but they're of children, they're of adults, they're of different sizes. Most of those statues in that hall had no penis, which Mm. was really weird. It's like they had cut it off and all there was, was a hole. Wow. So you could see, you could see it was just so weird. So weird. And I have some pictures on my, on my YouTube of that, but it was just weird stuff. I'm like, I don't know if I remember seeing that before when I came through here. So are they trying to like prep the way for this whole identity confusion thing? Because that was really weird. I'm I'm trying to go back to find my old pictures um, to see if any of that was on it. But yeah, that's, Oh, and then um, their idolatry of animals. Mm. That was fascinating. That was really interesting because the more the Lord's been showing me how, you know, we were told, Adam and Eve were told to rule over the earth, Mm -hmm. right? So over the earth, over the animals, over the birds, over the wildlife, over everything. Mm -hmm. And yet they seem to put these things up on pedestals like we are worshiping those things when we are the ones that should be rolling over them and everybody should be worshiping the one true living god right that was weird wow and you know just uh, i i wonder that same stuff like stuff i find out now or see in a movie or see that i watch years for years all of a sudden it's like where where on earth was this 10 years ago or five years ago, whenever, I mean, maybe it's just this whole, it's it's like what's in our face, our blinders are now off. So maybe it always was because we do know, and I'll tell you a great book that I don't know if you've read it, but it is, it's called Fox's book of martyrs. And it literally picks up at the end of acts. And it talks about where all the disciples went into each area of the earth and begin and how they all died a martyr's death. And any, it's the beginning of the Catholic church and anybody that can read that and you realize what, how it all started, how you can see anything other than it was born straight out of the pit of hell, I don't understand because all this is just a book of history. It's like reading Josephus, some of the stuff he wrote. I mean, it's just, it's history. It's not about, this is where the Templars came from. And they started telling everybody, 
after they created the Pope. And then, oh, we have a guy. Now you got to start paying penance to him. And now after, if you don't, you bow and you kiss his hand. If you don't, we'll cut your head off. And this is where this true persecution started because they people at the beginning, you know, these are followers of Jesus that saw, some saw Jesus on the cross. So for them, it was like, we already know who the real guy is. You know, we don't need to do. It's a really good book without getting too deep into it. But it's also very depressing because it just goes from like, oh my gosh, all the way into the Nero times and and just when they persecuted Christians and they would burn them, they would pour hot wax all over all over a human and then just light them on fire. And it would be like literally like a candle in the midst of everybody because they worship Jesus. And it's just again and again, it just wow. goes all through time. And it's true persecution of Christians. That's why I say everybody's telling us that we're in the tribulation. I'm like, well, this, then how was that not the tribulation? Because that was much worse than what we're seeing right now. I mean, we're not there at that point. You know, I, I like what my dad always says. When you look outside and just tell somebody you're in a hurricane, you could look outside at sunshine and you say, no, I'm not in a hurricane because you see outside. I mean, it would be like tribulation. And when you see the tribulation, we're going to know. It won't be a question of whether we are, we aren't, whatever it may be. We're going to know. I know you got something to say, and because I see you smiling. <laughs> well, um, I do believe it was then. I actually mm -hmm. do believe the tribulation was back then um, because King Jesus, he said, when I ascend and sit at the right hand of my father, I will then judge. Mm -hmm. And I do believe he did that then. But what happened is we've been programmed. It was set up. It was set up prior to Jesus coming to earth, prior to the Messiah coming to earth, where the setup was to program and continue the programming, generational programming for us to continue to believe the end is near, mm -hmm. um, which goes to say, like, why is it they say that the whole Bible isn't really in chronological order except for the Old Testament and New Testament, but yet revelation is at the end revelation is actually just a revelation of what holy spirit brought to john so it's like right. there's these things that we've been programmed to believe because if we do not believe here's here's the keys to the kingdom of darkness if they can get us to believe that we are still waiting on the inheritance of heaven that we are still waiting on um on those keys, we're still waiting to be freed from death, then we'll, we'll be waiting for an eternity. And the kingdom of darkness, which I believe is a very small group of individuals, they're the ones ruling, they're the ones that continue the programming. But if people, even those that are programmed, even those people, maybe they're listening right now and they're like, well, this is just what I have to do because Jesus hasn't saved us yet. So mm -hmm. this is the only way I can live my life. No, Jesus is about to come rock this world in, mm -hmm. in ways internally where he comes down. Everybody says, oh, he's going to come down in a cloud. Well, if we really read scripture, the way scripture is, the cloud is glory. Mm -hmm. The cloud is in the spiritual realm. The cloud is within us. He's going to come down within us and meet each of us individually. And that's also going to be judgment. <laughs> so, so he's not going to ride down in a cloud like Mary Poppins did. <laughs> no, no. And you're right. The book of Revelation, and it drives me nuts too, because not only that, the book of Revelation, everybody that keeps calling it Revelations is, I mean, that right there is just a, that, nope. It was John's Revelation. What was it, the Revelation? Whose God is God? It's just that simple. Whose God is God? We know who that is, and that was his revelation on the Isle of Patmos, not revelations, plural, just to say that. I mean, that drives me nuts when people call it revelations. When they when they call it revelations, you know they haven't read it. That's right. 
That's right. That's it. Or they, or they have, and they want you to think that it is revelations plural. Yeah. Cause I hear a lot of people that I know read the Bible often and I'm thinking how on earth do you not realize? So, so, okay. So back to the end of the trip though. We, so you go from the Vatican, you'd make your declaration. So then from there, you said you were going to tell us there's one last city that you stopped off on. And, and to remind everybody too, I want people to understand this. There, and I know there's others at other places, but they all have these oblis, oblesques or, or these phallus, phallical symbols. I mean, we have the Washington Monument. There's one very similar in London, right, And You went yep. to this. There's also one very similar at the Vatican. Is it coincidence? I don't think so. So then we go on and now we're going to go. So your last stop that you went to was? Paris. Okay. So as I was, um, I think I was still in Italy because after, um, after Vatican city, I went and spent some time in my favorite place in Italy. And I won't say where that is, but I, I was like, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm all the way over here. Why not? Mm -hmm. So as I was there, um, some of my team of intercessors, students in the ministry, um, reached out to me and said, I, I don't think you're done yet, which was interesting because the Lord was already speaking to me. You're not done. You're not done. I'm just preparing for you the next thing. So Paris was the next uh, stop. And what he showed us was the Eiffel Tower was the basically the counterfeit crucifixion or um, better yet to say the counterfeit tree of life or better, even better yet, um, representation of that uh, tree of good, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So our what the Lord was showing us is that our stars, which is our destiny, um, were entangled in the Eiffel Tower, like like a web or a grid within the Eiffel Tower. So how I don't ask the Lord a ton of questions when he asked me to do something, I just do it. I'm like, OK, I do it. I trust I do it. And when he had said when he had sent me there when we saw that these stars were there, I started just, it was like this revelation from the Holy Spirit just started coming down to me, connecting the dots. Personally, I believe that most people here on this planet, on earth, is in counterfeit marriages. Now, mm. I might trigger a lot of people right now, or I might be like, yes, thank God I get my divorce. I, I don't I don't mean to say it in that way, which Yes, God hates divorce, but he hates rebellion worse. So you can't stay in rebellion. You well, can... it's like you see too. I mean, they say 50% of even Christians are end up divorced. Right? And so that's a fa factual. And then that it gets, the right. statistic goes higher, second marriage to divorce. And I think it's like 75% of people that marry for the third time get divorced. Right. And, and like the key, what he was, what the Lord was showing me when I, when I wrote that course before I went to um, Europe the kingdom authority and inheritance courses, he was showing me that our authority also deals with who's our headship. So that's the whole point of authority, right? Christ gave it to us. He said it in Matthew 28, 18, mm -hmm. he said, I give you all, all okay, authority. it's been given to me. I give you all authority. Now go mm -hmm. out and do these things. And we only give our authority away um, would be if we give it, free will, if we give it to a church that says, okay, I'll teach you, I'll guide you, I'll be your covering. No, Christ is supposed to be our only covering. The next only thing we would give legally, what Christ would want us to do, give our authority is for women to give our authority over to our spouse. 
So as women, when we get married, we give our authority over to our spouse and then our spouse works with the government of God in the Trinity of that covering over the marriage and over the family. But now imagine if somebody is married to a counterfeit. So now that counterfeit person, even if they loved each other and they, uh, they're not you know, they're not doing anything bad, but they're, they were never God destined. Now they're two together. And scripture says, when two come together, um, you can do anything. You can bring the heavens into the earth. So, and I have all the scripture in my course, if people want to get religious about that. But um, so when two people come together, you have the authority through your souls to release whatever it is you want in this earth. Well, but if two people are counterfeit together, they're going to bring the heavens, the counterfeit heavens into this earth. So now imagine if we all look around, we know that we're not living with heaven invading earth the way it should be. Right. There's evil here, which goes to show there's a lot of people in marriages that were never God destined. It was never, um, it was never set it was never set before the foundations of the world and everybody's marriage was set before the foundations of the world. If you go back and you look at Adam and Eve, Eve came from Adam, meaning they were one together before they came into the earth. And then they were two separate. Then they came back together. I'm doing a course on that soon, but that's why we have so much evil in this earth because we've been releasing the heavens. If we look at the scripture heavens, actually represents any heaven, second heaven, God's heaven. So we have the authority to release evil, the counterfeit, or the authority to release what God has for us, his will, his perfect will. So that's uh, that's what I believe has been going on. And I believe that the, um, the Eiffel Tower had a lot to do with that because, I mean, think about it. What's the first thing you think of when you think Paris? Eiffel Tower. Okay. And then what do you think of like Paris, the Eiffel Tower, the city of lights? What? Light. Love. Love. Okay. Yeah, that is true. I'm sorry. Light. No, light, light too, because they light up the Eiffel Tower. And I all know. That. Oh, well, that's why I was saying that because you were talking about the stars and it always sparkles. Okay. There you go. That's it all mixes in. It all mixes in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's the city, you know, people know it as the city of love. Right. So that is true. do you, as far as I know, I don't see anything in scripture that says that there's one particular location for love and right. love, right? No doubt. And, and to confirm what you're saying, when you're quoting about Jesus coming that he might have life. I mean, that's John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy, but I am come that you might have life and have life abundantly. And if you actually look up those words and the um, concordance there, and it leads to that eternal life starts here. Like, just like what you're saying, it's, it's here. It doesn't mean that people think all oh, that, well, we're going to get eternal life when we get to heaven. You already have the eternal life. Now you're a spirit. You're not a body. We lose the body. We get a glorified body, but it already is. You're exactly right. It's now this authority that you have, you use it now on earth. Not, there is no waiting. Exactly. Religion, religion ruins that. <laughs> completely destroys it demolishes it and i actually believe and this has been my goal in life because i believe i will never die and i believe nobody else has to die jesus came here to become flesh and blood to die 
once and for all for all of us. Again, like we should not be dying. There should be not sickness. There should not be any disease. So that's been that's by, been my mission with the soul. The soul is the only thing that manifests our physical bodies. Mm-hmm. Our our physical body comes from what we believe, what we are internally believing and manifesting into our body. So yeah, I, I don't want to get off on that, but. <laughs> That's okay. And so just to sum all this, so, so to sum everything up here, so your conclusion to your trip, and I know you've been doing a lot of study on this, what's going on with within the church? What do you believe that we're, what are we seeing here? You know, everybody's excited about this supposed awakening. What do you, what do you got, Anne? <laughs> <laughs> the church, uh, the church building is about to implode. Um, so like as, as I did my research, um, and as I looked into it, Ecclesia, when Jesus stood on that rock and he said here on this rock that you, you know, build the church, he was saying the Ecclesia and the Lord never intended the church to be where it is today and what it is today. It's not even like the definition of what he had intended it to be and his vision in his heart, his perfect will was never where we are today. So as he has been internally waking all of us up and we're having experiences with the Lord and we're seeing the truth and we're going, whoa, what other lies have we been believing? He's about to implode the buildings of the church. And, um, we haven't, uh, we haven't even come into what he has for us. Like it hasn't even began. The church has been programming facility period. It has been, um, I experienced it. I know many other people have experienced when they start going deep within their soul and removing those amnesic walls and the blinders that are there. They're seeing that there were rituals and there was programming and it's cookie cutter. It really is a cookie cutter. Like it doesn't matter like where you were, you were programmed. Um, The church, whether it be a Christian church, Baptist church, non-denominational church, Catholic church, Lutheran church, Presbyterian church, Mormon church, all of the churches, you got the programming in the church system, same exact programming. It's all the same. It's just, it's like a cookie cutter. You just don't know. It could be a chocolate cookie. It could be a chocolate chip cookie, a sugar cookie, uh, uh, you know, all these different flavor cookies, but it's all the same programming as we've been breaking it down. It's all the same pattern and the key to this pattern well, the key to it is to unlock the soul so that you can remove those those uh, amnesic walls and get to the lies we've been believing. But the lies have been programming into us is end times. They want us to be focused on the end times. And if we're focused on the end times, we're in fear, mm-hmm. right? We're not in the love of God. So now we're in fear. What's going to happen? We're focused on the enemy rather than focused on what Jesus did on the cross for us. That's right. And, and it's something, and I'm going to read that scripture now that you just said that, because I just read this to Anne when I was coming on, because it was something. That That's I was... why I paused. I thought <laughs> this is a good time for that scripture. Right. Yeah. Because in Psalm 37, it's, it's in verse one, it starts there and it says, do not fret because of evil doers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity. And then it goes on to say, for they shall be soon cut down like the grass and wither the green herb. And then it goes into trust in the Lord and do good, dwell in the land and feed on it, on his faithfulness. 
And then in verse four, everybody knows and can quote, delight yourself in the Lord. And he's going to give you the desires of your heart. Commit your ways to the Lord. Trust also in him. But skipping down to verse eight, the second part of verse eight, first part says cease from anger and forsake wrath. Because they all, like you just said, they all coincide with fear. Do not fret. It only causes harm. Because what happens when you begin to fret? Well, what does Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says? It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. When you begin to fret, you begin to lean on your own understanding, which brings what? Fear, which is the opposite of faith. It takes you out of faith immediately when you begin to fret. I told this to Ann before, and I'll tell you all. Whenever I allow fretting to come into me, you know, it's like the heaviness that comes on you, that oppressive spirit that comes on you. How are you going to get out of the situation? You know, uh, you know, the Satan saying, what are you going to do now? 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 Well, your family's not going to make it. All these things. I have to say, forgive me, Lord. God, forgive me. I don't want this. I don't take, I take it, take it back from me, Lord. I cast Bible, cast all your cares to him for he cares for you. I give it back to you, God. This is your battle. It's not my battle. So just exactly what you said. You have to stay in faith. You cannot fear because when you allow the fear come, that means you're leaning to your understanding. And we aren't what we aren't smart enough to figure out what's going on here. God is only the one. What we end up leaning on is our soul fragments That's the right. trauma, that are used to the fear because mm -hmm. they were created out of fear. And then we make really bad decisions. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. The church is the church is the Lord wants the church to be the governing body. So just like he said, the um, the ecclesia, and when you look that up in Greek or Hebrew, ecclesia is governing body. Mm -hmm. That means there's rulers, and, and scripture talks about it. You'll be rulers in my house. You'll be judges in my house. You are now kings and priests, which is the, exactly what that is. It's rulers, right? So the church is actually supposed to be that, and they are actually operating. They are mm -hmm. operating like that right now. They right. are because we see the results of how they're operating and it's very evil. It's very evil. There's programming going on. There's incest going on in the church. There's rape, there's molestation, there's rituals, there's child trafficking, trafficking human mm -hmm. trafficking, all of that's going on within the church, literally under the disguise. Like the way I see it, they're pimping out Christ and it makes me angry and have to like sit back and Lord, Lord, forgive me. Just <laughs> let me fill your heart for them because I know that he loves them and they've been programmed to do this. Mm -hmm. And then greed gets in there with the money and then the power and the platforms and all Well, that. it's a simple, it is a simple word too. It was the church became, inst they institutionalized it. And this is exactly what happened when Jesus went into the temple to go pray. Remember when they had all the birds and all the sacrifices sacrificial animals and he started flipping tables he said you've turned my house my house of prayer into a den of thieves i mean this is it it's the thing it's the same thing now it, it's exactly it's exactly what's happened and he's he's about to flip it he's about to flip it um but he's not gonna do it he has to use us mm -hmm. so we are the ones we are his body here in the earth right now so we are the ones that make the declarations um, that's why the Lord has me go to these different places, but I don't do it out of a heart of judgment. Like I'm angry at the church, you know, that they hurt me. And, mm -hmm. and I have, I have plenty of reason. <laughs> I have plenty of reason, my own personal reasons and reasons for my own family members that are deceived and hurt and trafficked in the church by the church. But I have to do it. We have to do this out of his heart, his heart for them. 
um, to make these declarations, to pray, to come before his courts, before his throne and pray on behalf of them and then make the declarations. That's where, what we are to do. And even I just, I just did something, I don't know if it's, I left it as a post, but um, I did something on my social media where I was, I was triggered by some of the child trafficking cases that I've been seeing. And I posted and I said, you know, like for those people that are in the church right now, um, you know, that are going to a church, they're, they're being deceived because if their church isn't, and it includes your case, if their church isn't at every court case where there is um, a family involved, child trafficking involved, incest involved, satanic ritual abuse, if they're not at the cases of injustice and they're not on the courts, on the steps of those courthouses, they're not a church because church, because Christ said it's going to be a ruling governing body. So I think that's why um, I think he's he's going to use us to make the declarations. We have to find it in our heart to make the declarations and stand up. And I'm not saying you have to, you know, get up there with guns and swords and, you know, maybe you just get up there with a gavel, you know, like if you want something in your hand, use a gavel, a scepter, something and make the declarations, go to the local churches, make the declarations that they become what Christ wanted. And if they're not, if they're not that governing rolling body, then Lord, close the doors, have them close the doors. Yeah. And you know what? I, two things I wanted to add to what you were saying, you know, it's funny last night, my, my oldest daughter asked me, dad, you know, cause I always tell her about God and how I had the love of God. And she goes, dad, does God, would God still love me if, or would God still love someone if they killed someone else? And I said, he sure would. It wouldn't change a thing. And she goes, God is so awesome. How is how does he how does he still love us when we do stuff that wrong? And I said, well, that's because he's God and we aren't. He doesn't have the sin nature on us. So, anyways, but going back to that, and you're talking about compassion. I get my wife's criticized me so many times, not criticized, but she'll be like, Casey, you're too compassionate on some of those. And I said, thank you for that compliment because (laughs) I because it is that way. And there are a lot of times where we are so quick, quick. To want to smack somebody on the head because we know what they're doing or what they're what they're what's behind their motives, and I just always pray, Jesus, give me the compassion for for them that you've had on me because I mean I'm I'm just like everyone else, you know, we're all imperfect in every way, but right. because of God and because He can cl- I mean, confess your sins to God, uh, and He can cl- He cleanses us from all unrighteousness, and so um, with that, and you know, I I so appreciate you coming on. And I encourage people to go get on Anne's website and watch her courses. And she goes more in depth, I know, into some of those things and some of her trip that she went in and went on to and go on there and support her and send her support. And I oh, and I want Anne before she goes, before we go today to, to pray over this, because that's one of the first things I tell you the first episode we did together. I tell that testimony when I heard Anne praying, I was like, I told my wife, I'm like, she has to be a ministry in some way because she knows too much scripture not to be. And I asked Ann, and at first I thought I said, "Was she a pastor's wife?" And she goes, "Nope, nope, I'm nope, I'm single." And I said, "Well, are you in ministry?" And she goes, "Yes, I am." And actually, and she gave me her card, and she's in ministry. So, Ann, thank you so much for coming on. But if you would, before we close here, would you go ahead and pray with us, pray for us? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and just so those that are listening to the prayer, it can be a little long because it's Holy Spirit led. It's not going to be the cookie cutter prayer that you hear in a church or 
really your hair anywhere else. So this will be Holy Spirit led. So those that are listening, especially that are staying on for this prayer, the Holy Spirit might bring something to attention that is specifically for a person listening. So I just want you all to know that what comes from my mouth is coming directly from heaven. It's coming from the heart of the father. And yeah, there are certain things that I know to break off and legalities and things like that, but the Holy Spirit leads me in that. So I just want to kind of give that disclaimer because sometimes people are like, oh my gosh, when is she going to end this prayer? But it really is because he is going to make sure everybody gets, and I call it deliverance, which means freedom deliverance of that soul deliverance of that mind of our thoughts what holds us down to those lies that mm -hmm. we've been believing been programmed to believe so yeah <laughs> thought i would give that disclaimer all right okay heavenly father we just come before your throne Ooh, actually we become we come before the throne of the king of kings king jesus you are the ruler lord we thank you that you gave us the ability in Hebrews 4.16 that says, let us draw near to the throne of grace so that we'll have grace and mercy. Heavenly Father, I bring all of our cases, every single one of us that's listening right now. And let's just do it on behalf of those that were listening and they already logged off. But Lord, they're going to get some deliverance too. So Father God, we bring before you all of their cases and everybody that we are entangled to by blood, contract, covenant, marriage, any and all forms of soul ties, knowingly or unknowingly, as well as every single one of our personal, ancestral, soul fragments, spirit fragments, altars, clones, derivatives, doppelgangers every composite of our unconscious subconscious and conscious mind every composite of our soul in all timelines dimensions and realms father we present the case to you you have a purpose and destiny for each and every one of us you have a god destined spouse for each and every one of us and lord you sent your son king jesus to die a gruesome death so that we wouldn't have to toil for the work, for the inheritance that you've given us. We wouldn't have to die. We wouldn't have to have sickness and disease. And we wouldn't be living these uh, these victim lives, Lord. So we present the case on behalf of all of us. And I thank you that you see our name names written in the Lamb's Book of Life before the beginning of time. Even those that have not accepted you, their names are there. So I thank you, Father, that their, their names are lighting up right now. And I thank you that your word says in Matthew 18, 10, that your angels are reporting on behalf of each and every one of us, Lord. So I thank you that they're presenting the evidence, all of the cases of what's going on in the spiritual realms and all timelines and dimensions of what we have been aligned with. Our soul fragments, our unconscious mind has been aligned with knowingly or unknowingly. I thank you that they're also presenting all programs, every program that the kingdom of darkness, that this um, this elite, this group has done to us, even from the womb, the generational programming, the evil lies, the coping mechanisms, the addictions that people are suffering. Lord, all of the counterfeit purposes and destinies and counterfeit relationships that we are in, especially people are in counterfeit marriages, Lord, we bring that before your throne. We want your perfect will. We also bring before you all sins, transgressions, and iniquities that we know that King Jesus died and already paid the price for. We bring before you all the thoughts, the feelings, then and the emotions that we are holding on to, to past trauma, especially any and all forms of fear. 
every form of fear, fear of death, fear of man, fear of, um, of not being heard. Lord, every form of unrighteousness, which would be the doubt and the unbelief that we struggle with, we want to be, we want to stand in that righteousness that you've given us, Lord. So we give you in exchange for all that, we give you all of the doubt, all, every part of our unconscious mind, our subconscious mind and our conscious mind, every part of our soul that doubts what you did for us, that you've already paid the price and we don't have to wait. I thank you that everything is being brought before your throne right now. I thank you, Father, that your word says in 1 John 1, 9, if you confess your sins as sins, you'll be just and righteous to be forgiven. You also, you also said, King Jesus also said, his words were said, you can release forgiveness unto others. So we do stand on behalf of our persecutors and the accusers of our accusers and all the accusations, all the covenants, the oaths, the vows, the agreements that we've made knowingly or unknowingly, or even our persecutors have made, Lord. We bring that all before you, especially in all these cases of injustice going on in the judicial system, going on in the churches, every church, every place, Lord. I thank you. It's all being brought being brought before your throne. I thank you that ever in every engrafting into that tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, every grafting of our souls, of our DNA, of our blood, of our cells, every part of our unconscious, subconscious mind that has been engrafted in that tree of the knowledge of good and evil, Lord, is also being presented on this case. And Lord, we ask for your forgiveness. Lord, we are sorry that we've been aligned with this. And some of us didn't even know we were aligned with it. Some of us might be perpetrators. Some of us might be victims. And we don't know because there's disassociation. There's amnesic walls. So Lord, we present those to you as well. Every trainer of ours, every programmer of ours, every owner of ours, every protector of ours, we present that to you, Lord. And we forgive them, Lord. We forgive them for they do not know what they do because they were also programmed. And Lord, because your word says in 1 John 1, 9, we do receive our forgiveness. We forgive ourselves. We forgive those parts of us that were involved in these things. We go deep within that soul realm and we gather up all of those parts that, that were part of evil, that we didn't know that we are part of it. And we place them on your altar. We thank you in exchange for that. We get the redeeming blood of King Jesus. We get grafted into that tree of light, the DNA, the tree of uh, life into the DNA, the light and life that you have for us, those celestial bodies, the, the bodies that will never die, the bodies that will not have sickness. So we send the angels of the most high living God right now to go into all timelines, dimensions, and realms to gather up every fragmented part of our unconscious, subconscious, and conscious mind every fragmented part of our soul, every doppelganger, every spirit fragment, anything and everything from all realms, dimensions, and timelines right now. We thank you, Lord, that you are placing a separate case, a criminal case against the kingdom of darkness, and that we are receiving restitution and restoration sevenfold according to Proverbs 13, 22, and Proverbs 16, 631. And I thank you that even their accusers and all their soul ties, if they're involved in any secret societies in Freemason groups, any um, Knights of Malta, all of those, Lord, all covens, all, all the witchcraft, all of those people 
all of their soul fragments will also be rescued and delivered and set free. So I thank you that your word also says in John 1, 1 through 5, that we can have it done as if it never were, that these soul fragments, these traumatized parts that made all those contracts and the covenants and the oaths under duress, under trauma, in fear, not in love, they made those in fear. Lord, I thank you that you're undoing. You're undoing all of them. And I thank you that you're doing that as if it never were procedure, going all the way back before the foundations of the world so that you are removing all the programming, all the lies, all the triggers, all the coping mechanisms, all the amnesiac walls, all the internal barriers, everything that is keeping the darkness hidden. I thank you that you're exposing your light according to John 1, 5 onto all of that. I thank you, Lord, that you are uprooting us. You are removing us from every part of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I think you're disconnecting us from every form of counterfeit and collective consciousness of this world, every form of black box, AI, mind control, every form of programming. You're disconnecting us from all of our programmers, our handlers, our owners, our training, our trainers, our protectors. I thank you. You're connecting us directly to the mind of God, according to 1 Corinthians 2.16, and to the tree of life. I thank you that you are changing our DNA to match with that light of Christ, the DNA that runs through the light, the glory light that runs through King Jesus. I thank you that you're uploading into all of us the truth that King Jesus is the true and only Messiah. He's already finished all of the work. And I thank you, Lord, that you're uploading the truth to us of our God-destined ministries, our God-destined uh, purposes and destinies, our God-destined spouses. Lord, I thank you that you're revealing all of the truths to us. And all of those lies are gone as if they never were. And I thank you, Lord, that you're giving us grace and mercy. You're sending the angels to download into us and to release the scrolls from heaven of the strategies of heaven, of how to move forward in this new life, in this new light, how to walk with you in heavenly places. And for those people that continue to do evil works and choose evil, Lord, I thank you that you are going to upload into their unconscious, subconscious, and conscious mind dreams and visions of horrors of hell what hell is for them so that they will see the truth and they will repent and they will call out on the one true name. And that's Jesus, King Jesus. And you will save them and you'll take them into heaven and they will have heavenly experiences with you and they will see your love, your grace, and your mercy. I thank you, Father, that you are sending your angels to protect each and every one of us, especially the children. I thank you that the children are being rescued right now from all realms, regions, and timelines, wherever they may be physically or spiritually. I thank you you're disconnecting us from all spiritual spouses, all spiritual children, that you're undoing all the spiritual spouses, you're undoing all the spiritual children right now in the mighty name of King Jesus. And I thank you that you're sending your mighty warring angels, your power angels, your dunamis power angels right now into all realms, dimensions, and timelines to remove every demonic entity. The judgment has been made. We, we serve cease and desist orders. It is null and void for you even to be operating in our minds, in our realms, our dimensions, and timelines. So I send the angels, most high living God, to destroy every single demonic entity, every demonic guard, every principality. Yes, every single demonic entity. We destroy you right now with the blood, the blood, the power, powerful redeeming blood of Jesus that went into the depths and set the captives free. I thank you, Father, that you're sending your angels to destroy all the demonic 
portals, gateways, and access points that have ever been opened and operated. I think that you're also destroying, the angels are destroying all the demonic thrones, all the demonic structures, and especially all the demonic altars. I thank you that you're exposing those demonic altars, Lord, especially those in the physical realm. Expose them with the light of Christ, Genesis 1-3 light, the John 1-3 light, the John 1-5 light, Father. Expose those, but make them null and void so they cannot be active. I thank you that you're destroying those altars that have our body parts, any part of our DNA, our purposes and destinies. You're destroying those right now. We call all witchcraft, every form of occult witchcraft, including mind control, null and void right now, destroyed by the blood and the mighty works of what King Jesus has already done. I thank you, Father, that you are also sending in angels right now to destroy every Proverbs 26-2 witchcraft that says a curse cannot land without a cause, but it also says that the, the uh, witchcraft will, will uh, flutter around until there is a place to land. So we cause all of those that are fluttering and just waiting for a place to land, we call those null and void right now. We send the angels to destroy them. And I thank you, Father, for all those people operating witchcraft, especially those that don't know they're operating witchcraft, the manipulation or the lies and the deceit that they're operating in, Lord. I thank you that you are going to have a heavenly experience with them and that they're going to know the truth, the grace, the love, and the mercy that you have for them and that you are going to show them that they're actually coming against you when they come against us. And I thank you that you're going to show us anything that we need to surrender that's in our hearts that's in our hands, that we need to surrender to you. I thank you, Lord, that you love us. I thank you, Lord, that when Casey goes back to D.C., DC oh, I, I thank you there's going to be supernatural power, that the case will be null and void. We just call his case null and void. And Lord, whatever your plan is, we know you have a plan. We know you have a plan um, that is being rolled out right now in the spiritual realm that nobody has access to, not even me. We might have bits and pieces, Lord, but I thank you that your plan, we declare and decree that your perfect will be done, especially in Casey's case. And I thank you for the justice and the judgment that you are calling forth, that we call forth with our voices. We declare and we decree in the mighty name of King Jesus that the injustice, that the injustice that the government has been serving to the January Sixers, the injustice that the government has serving to parents who are losing their children to child molesters and pedophiles. I thank you that that injustice is being destroyed right now. I thank you that those are being overturned. I thank you that those cases are, are we're shining light, the John 1, 5 light upon those, Lord, and that everybody will know the truth. And all the hexes and all the witchcraft and all the mind control is being removed, removed right now, and it's being uprooted. We declare the prayer that we just did upon those judges. Every judge in every courthouse, we declare that prayer upon them, Lord, that their minds will be released from the captivity, that mind control will be released, and they will see the truth, and they will have the fear of the Lord upon them. I thank you, Lord, that you are removing all the shame from us, from the things that we've done that we don't even know about, but Lord, that you're removing that shame and that you're replacing it with the fear of the Lord, that we will only feel, fear you. We will only fear King Jesus more than anybody else or anybody else's plans and agenda and end times theories and all that, Lord, but you, we will look to you and we only fear you. And I thank you, Lord, that you are going to continue to provide for all of us, especially for Casey and his family, all the J6ers that are having to fight these legal ballot, legal, um, 
these actually injustice legal cases, as well as all the parents out there that have lost children and have spent millions of dollars. This whole entire corrupt judicial system is making so much money. So Lord, your word also says in Proverbs 631 and Proverbs 1322, that sevenfold is coming back. So we declare and decree it's coming back sevenfold to those that have been treated unjustly in the in the judicial system, even by those that are already sitting, that are sitting behind bars right now, by the children, they're also receiving sevenfold. We thank you, Father, that your word doesn't lie, that King Jesus already did it, and we are standing on that, and we are standing in our authority that your word says, and since King Jesus is in us, and we operate with him of one heart with the Father, Lord. Lord, that when we speak it, we mean it, and we know that the angels of the Most High Living God will go forth and open the doors, close the doors, and do what is spoken. So we thank you, Jesus. We thank you that anything that was released from my mouth, Lord, that is that goes against your perfect will, I think I thank you that it will fall to the ground. It will not even be activated. But Lord, everything that goes with your perfect will, we thank you that it is already done to tell us that. Amen. Amen. That was incredible. <laughs> and I know what you did right there. <laughs> but anyway, so with that, guys, I appreciate you. And always remember what I always say. The best is yet to come. God bless you guys. And thank you for coming on. And you guys have a great day. Thank you for having me.